0: Dear ones, you're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Lachlan and Mother Natalia. Hey, listeners, this is Mother Natalia. Today is Father Michael's episode, and he talks about um, messiness in relationship, in relationship with one another, but particularly in our relationship with the Lord. We cover um, what it's like to wrestle with God and and try to get through struggles. Uh, you can hear Father Michael's woes from when I accidentally called and woke him up early in the morning. And um, if you are a hashtag banter hater, I'm really sorry, because it's been a long time since Father Michael and I have recorded together. So banter went 10 minutes and 30 seconds after this intro.
1: Glory to Jesus Christ.
0: Glory to him forever. Hello, Mother. Hello, Father.
1: So um, you... Began this by saying, had a bunch of shout outs. Do you want that to be, be the beginning of the banter?
0: Yeah, um, okay. we can. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. so many shout outs. Um, one is to the Forbes family. So Danny Forbes and his family, who you know yes. from Alive in Christ. Uh, I think that's how you know him. And mm-hmm. when I was giving this retreat, this women's retreat in Tucson, uh, his family lives in Phoenix. So they came down from Phoenix up, I don't know my geography. They came to Tucson. They came
1: down. Oh, they came Phoenix. down to Tucson.
0: Okay, and if we're
1: going by north south rather than up altitude,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they took me out. They came to the outreach for liturgy and then took me out to lunch. And they remembered, though I didn't remember, that September twenty sixth, the anniversary of my profession, is buying on a Beer Day. So they bought me a beer uh. for lunch because it was the week after my. My anniversary. Um, That's nice. so. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, who
1: invents these things? I'm not arguing at all. But it's so
0: just, this, uh, um, <laughs> I I didn't expect you to remember this, but the, um, I'm sorry. I just need to. I just realized something. Um, the, um, there's such a thing as buy a priest a beer day, and yes. I don't know who came up with that, but we were talking about it on the podcast that we did with um, um, what's the Pines with Jack one. Okay. And we were talking about it on there. And David, um, I was like, that's not fair. Why is there by a, piece, a priest a beer day and there's not by a nun a beer day? And this was in the midst of all of the delays of my life profession. So mm-hmm. David was like, I'll tell you what. Whatever day ends up being your life profession, that's gonna be uh, by none of your day. Um and I like totally forgot about that, but the Forbes family did not. So they're wonderful. So
1: you invented and David invented by another. On accident, day. yeah. All right, we'll see if it takes off. September what?
0: Twenty-sixth. <laughs> um, so anyway, shout out to Danny and Chris and Alex and Damien and Lucy and Cece and Katie and Bryden. Bryden is not technically a Forbes, but he's married to Katie, who's a Forbes. Um yes, and They love him immensely. Yeah, uh, they're all really great. Um, and uh, Damien, this was so sweet. So they had listened to the episode where I shared reflections from running, and how I said that, um, probably because of trust issues, i don't or pride, I'm not sure I don't, like, I don't go on runs with men, um, mm. and uh, unless I'm like doing a race, right? Then there's men all around. But like I don't just go for a run with men. And so I, I mentioned that I had only done this with four men. And um so Damien asked if he could go for a run with me across the parking lot so that he could be on the list. Um <laughs> uh, which was really sweet. He's like I don't even oh, know how old funny. he is, but it was really sweet. Um uh yeah. Also shout out to Penny Wynn, who is um a little girl uh, daughter of Carly and um Carly said that Penny really wanted a shout out and that she would send me her quarters. Um and Aww. and which is very sweet. And I'm giving Penny a shout out, but I'm also telling Penny that she can keep her quarters. Um though I appreciate the offer. It's very sweet.
1: She was trying to pay for a shout out, is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. We need to make sure that there there's been a history of this like six hundred years ago. <laughs> <laughs> With indulgences. Um, Penny, you'll learn this as you grow up, but it's, it's very sweet, but we will give you a shout out and pray for you for free.
0: Yes. Um, And then lastly, I'm sure there are more that I'm forgetting. Like lots of people have asked for shout outs recently, Um, but uh, this person didn't ask for a shout out. I don't even know if he listens to the podcast, but this kid that I met named um, Chandler I met him. I really hope I got his name right. I met him at the airport um, in this very long line at DIA. Like the line was, it's when it's, you know, when it gets like goes all the way around and then goes out by baggage claim and it was crazy. So, anyways, he recognized me from Pines with Aquinas, the Matt Frad's podcast, and started talking to me. And he was flying out because he was on his way to a marathon. And I told him I was about to run a 10K. um, And. I promised him that I'd offer one of my kilometers for him. So I did, but also um, shout out to Chandler. So he was very sweet. Nice.
1: Well, I want to shout out to now Bishop, as of 12 hours ago, uh, Francois (laughs) Berruti.
0: This is like his Uh, third shout out on this podcast in the last. (laughs) And
1: there's going to be a lot more. Um, But he's now a bishop and I'm just so proud of him. Um, He last night, so he got ordained. We went to the banquet. And then he got up there to give his like thank you speech at the banquet, and he just preached like a twenty minute homily mm-hmm. on evangelization and relationship with Christ and all of that. It was and and it was so beautiful. I was like, I really because we're waiting for a bishop. And I, I just asked everybody I ran into, they're like, oh, so what church are you from? Because we had Armenians there, Melkites there, of course, it was a Melkei Bishop. bishop. Um, you know, LA is so full of so many of the different Catholic churches that there were just priests from every single rite and church there. And so the, we were asking each other, oh, what church are you from? What church are you from? And every time I say Ruthie, and they go, oh, and I say, I know. <laughs> Pray that we get a bishop. We're, we're waiting for a bishop. We're th- I mean, there's like a bunch of churches waiting for bishops right now, but I was like, please just, pray pray that we get a good bishop and i was after hearing him say that i was like i if if i had a bishop that gave his thank you speech like just talked about our lord did that it was incredible and that's who father francois is so
0: bishop francois all
1: all is well excuse me bishop that's gonna take a while bishop francois (laughs) um that's that's uh that's what we want if if our bishop does that i will be happy and I think the Melkites—he's forty something or other. So they have twenty-seven years of him because he's the only bishop in the U.S. So um, if I had a bishop that was that young and um, just preached about our Lord, that would be amazing. So that's what we're asking for in prayer. Mm. Good, holy, wise, and prudent bishop. All right. And I gave your bishop a tour of my church this morning. Seriously. Don't tell him, but (laughs) he—he woke me up. With a (laughs) don't tell, he woke me up with a phone call this morning, and I i stayed up last night way too late. I've been the best week and a half have been full of vigils, um, with my friends and
0: (laughs) And not in a church, cigars, yeah, Yeah,
1: and on the patio. Um, (laughs) very, very semi monastic vigils. Um, and so was Phil Hurtado one of those? No, no, Phil Hurtado, well, he was, I take that back. Okay. He came up for our, God bless you, Phil. He drove all the way up to Carefree, Arizona, north of Phoenix from Tucson to have oh a cigar with me and my friends one night and then drove all the way back. So God bless you, Phil. <sighs>
0: He's a beautiful um, man.
1: Love you, you're doing great. Um, I appreciate it immensely. Uh, that, that, but that was last week mm-hmm. on a retreat. Okay. Um, so this week then having all the priests here. Retreat. So I was up late. Um, uh, it was a retreat, yeah. Our clergy retreats are retreats. Um, we just then socialize in the evenings. Um, but it was... Uh, but yes, so I got a call from Bishop Milan this morning saying, I want to come see your church just for five minutes on the way to the airport. I was like, of course. And I... Get up, all bleary eyed, and throw my my cassock on under over my pajamas. Uh, I didn't I put pants on? Um, <laughs> <there laughs> I like, oh, "Open the door, turn the lights on, made it look like I've been up for hours." And then, uh, and then he went in there, prayed. It was really beautiful. He walked in, prayed, mm-hmm. went up, venerated the altar, saying the Our Father. Took a picture and then left.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, "All right."
0: He, um, that's really funny. I I woke you up when I called the other. I I've always thought that like calls don't wake you up. Um, and that you don't have
1: calls definitely wake me up. Texts don't always wake yeah, me. Yeah,
0: so I didn't realize that until this last time. And you were like, "It's okay, it's fine." And I felt bad for hours, Father Michael, for hours. Well, I just kept have. thinking, like,
1: I I had lack of sleep. I <laughs> my day was horrible. Like I, w- I was a bad priest that day because. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I really hope you can get over this. If not, I I, I deserve I deserve a much heavier purgatory for that. Because <laughs> I, I do know how sensitive you are. So I Well, the
0: Byzantine's talking about purgatory. I was,
1: I was obviously kidding. Um, <laughs> but uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. so This is just a... Sh- uh, all my dear parishioners, dear Mother Natalia, dear people, you are much more likely... To talk to me on the phone if you text me first.
0: Mm -hmm. I usually do. I think it's because I was driving. Was I driving? I don't remember. I think I was driving. Oh,
1: that's a good—that's a good point. Don't 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 text. Me. But like w- with me, it is. I'm usually doing something that I can step away from in five to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. So if you if you can talk in five to ten minutes, just text me and say text me and say can we talk in five to ten minutes? Because like in, when, if I'm in a moment and the phone rings and I'm talking to someone, which is ninety percent of my day, mm-hmm. there's very little chance I can pick up. But I can say I need to go in ten minutes. Yeah. But or you can wake me up. <laughs> Perfect, I don't even.
0: I even like <laughs> took into account. So before I called, I took into account the time change, and I was like, I don't think he's gonna be.
1: He's got to be up at eleven a.m. <laughs> I was like, nope.
0: It was not eleven
1: a.m. He's joking. Um <laughs> no,
0: it was not But I did think that you would. Anyways, I just I'm a jerk. Can we move on? We this is we don't have much time, yes. and that was like the longest banter ever. We haven't talked um, in so long. I know. So there's this that. This is why.
1: This is the problem. It's been even so long since we've recorded. So good to be recording, Mother.
0: Good to be recording, Father. What are you going to talk about today?
1: Um, so a bunch of things came together. This is one of the topics where a bunch of things in my life kind of come together and Mostly it came from retreat and talking to my brother priests. And before I was on a retreat with my brother priests, I was in Denver um, seeing you. And uh, I had a great vigil. I'm going to start calling them vigils. Please, uh, don't. I got I got it. Uh,
0: <laughs> you make that like gives a bad name to actual vigils. Like,
1: I think i not a home. bad
0: name, but it's like.
1: I, I feel a, like it
0: diminishes,
1: <sighs>
0: whatever. Okay, keep going. You had your vigil. I don't know what to say. You had lots of great vigils.
1: I'll let, I'll let you say it. Lots of great vigils. One of the vigils was with Father Joel Barstadt um, in Denver, in his backyard, in his new backyard, the new pastor in Denver. And I love him immensely. Of course, you guys know him. We've had him on. He's the new pastor at Alley Protection Denver. Was and this while were, I was down with the migraine? You should go. Um, this was the night that you guys, yes. Okay. Yes, it was. So we stayed up a lot later that night um, than you guys did, and it was great. And actually, Father Joel, God bless that man. He he was, he was the reason why I stayed up really late most of the nights, actually, on retreat and there. But it was lovely, um, and I would have done it again. Actually, the last night I said, Father Joel, I said, I almost, when we finished talking to everybody else, I almost said, let's go on my patio and have one more cigar because we were going to leave the next day. And I, I didn't, cause I was like, ah, oh, I need to be prudent. And then the next day I said to father Joel, I said, you know, I didn't go to sleep right away. I probably should have listened to my, my intuition and just said, Hey, let me invite father Joel for another chat. And then he said, he just looked at me and goes, I would have accepted. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, both of us are horrible at this. Um, anyway, um, so I was talking to him and we were talking about priests, And we were talking about bishops and we were talking about the church in general. And it was another example when you have two pastors talking about ministry and parish life and everything that goes into this pilgrimage of faith that we live. There's something about the realization that 90% of the time I've convinced myself that, that, that things are going well. And I think they are, but every once in a while I just, take a step back and I say, this is a complete mess. <laughs> and I don't see how it could be different. Mm. I don't. And like, so we, we were talking about how, how messy the church is because every pastor has a different personality and every pastor is a sinner and every pastor has things they're really good at and things they're really bad at. And of course, we only want to do things we're really good at and then we don't want to do things we're bad at. So they get neglected and you try to encourage each other. And then therefore every parish looks different. And then you get people move from one parish to the other and they expect something out of that parish. Anyway, it's just, it's, it's amazing that God did this on purpose. Like I, I I really do believe God set up the church the way we have it with the hierarchy, with the parish system, with, with uh, one pastor, one man in charge of each parish. I really think God did this on purpose and I think we're following his will. But, it's so messy because hmm. our sin gets in the way of, of like the salvation of souls. You know, that, that, that's in our, in parasite and with priests, we're responsible for the salvation of souls. Now, now take that, transfer that to families, right? Where the real church is happening, right? The real church is happening at home in families. I deal with a mom and dad and kids real church is happening among single people struggling in their vocation real life is happening with with widows and widowers and orphans and and you know people that are just confused people that have left religious life like this is where real faith happens and i began to realize how many people want a church that is not led by persons hmm. how many people want a church that is a is a god that is like us in the sense of we tend to reward people that do things that we like and we want to punish people that do things we don't like and that's just not god mm-hmm. like he he there's a commandments of his that we need to meditate upon there's of course a church there's canon law there's the parish structure um but but it is we don't understand god in his in his transcendence and his imminence in his Godhead and His humanity in Jesus Christ—all of this stuff is so messy that the, the conclusion I came to after thinking about all this stuff and talking with many different priests about it was that the, at the heart of the Christian life is really a wrestling with God. Mm. It's it's a, a interaction that is that is unclear. That when when someone as a pastor, when someone comes to me. And, and has an issue in their life that they want some sort of pastoral counseling, they want some sort of spiritual guidance. Um, the only answer I realize that I can have is, is this is something you need to grapple with. This is something you need to wrestle with. The The answer is not clear and it's not gonna be clear every single day. And the reason for that is because God loves us more than we deserve. He And, and he, he wants us to be in his life for all eternity in some inexplicable way. He forgives us every single time we ask. And yet the devil is in there trying to confuse all of this in our families, in our parishes, in our priesthood. And we all have our sins. We all have our struggles, but there's this, the the christian life and so many fundamentalists in every religion but especially within christianity for, as far as we're concerned they they these these catholic celebrities and these people that come to me for spiritual direction that they, they just they We've convinced ourselves, they've convinced themselves and we've convinced our, ourselves that, that the church should be easier to live in. Hmm. It should be more black and white. It should be more clear. It should be you do this and you're rewarded. You do this and you're punished. We've convinced ourselves that we're right and you're wrong or you're right and we're wrong. All of these things we, we've desired to be clear and they're just not. It's, it's all a, a wrestling, a grappling with truth and beauty and goodness in God <clears> himself. <throat>
0: That's a lot of what Father Alexander Schmemann talks about in For the Life of the World when he's talking about um, Christianity in modern times um, and how it often seems to um, present this this um, kind of offer of you know, be a Christian and will help you figure out life and will help you to have an easier life and, um, like solve the problems and solve the problem of death and, and explain like what death is for and so on and so forth. And like, and, and be able to take away the suffering and so on and so forth. And, um, and he's like, that's, that's not what Christianity is. Like, it's not a, it's not a figuring out and taking away the mess and the suffering. It's a, um, helping you to like enter into it and realize that you're not bearing it alone and to to show um, that Christ enters into that suffering. And anyways, he's just like waxes on about this very eloquently because he's Father Alexander Schmemann. Um, but, but that is often, you know, the kind of what we can think that that religion is going to do for us is that it's going to take away the suffering and take away the mess and fix the problems. Um, and uh, Jesus doesn't just desire to fix our problems. He desires to like um, be in them with us and have a relationship with us and not to just like wave this magic wand and make things disappear. You know, I, uh, one of my, one of my spiritual daughters said something that I really liked recently Um she was just talking about how, um, like the difference between communal worship and private worship, um, public worship and, and private worship. And she was like, you know, um, cause she has, she has kids and, um, we're talking about like what it's like to have kids in mass and so on and so forth. And she's like, you know, even in just like the most perfect community where everyone's holy and everyone's praying and everyone's paying attention, like, there's still going to be people who sneeze, and there's still going to be people who accidentally kick the kneeler down, and there's like, <laughs> um, and like that's that's fine, you know, like that's all part of the community. But, um, but we want these, we don't even want it, but we think we want some sort of like pristine Truman Show community, um, that like, oh, uh, like, yeah, I don't know
1: you know the, the chesterton says something like that i think it was chesterton who said you know don't seek after the perfect community because once you join it won't be perfect anymore
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> like a great i cell really phone. like chesterton I, yeah. <laughs> um i think he was saying like I, I want to join the perfect community but when i joined it wasn't perfect anymore um so yes but and I, and I think that there's just even a even beyond that reality of Of community, when I even in my own personal relationship with Christ, the devil convinces me that that God has a very clear plan for me, and I and He shared it with me in a way that I should be perceiving it, and and I can't, I'm not living it out, I'm not, I'm not experiencing it joyfully because. I'm doing something explicitly wrong. Now that's true in one sense, the devil always works in these subtleties. Um, that's true in one sense, but, but I do think that, that at the heart of the Christian life, I mean, if, if you want to see the contradictions, the apparent contradictions in scripture, just look up, there's so many atheist websites that people have spent hours and hours and hours showing all of the apparent contradictions in scripture. You know, scripture on the face of it is, just, there are contradictions all over the place, even if you study the languages. And so, and they will point these out. Now, some of them, they just, they're, they're reading it obviously completely wrong, but there there are things that seem to go against each other in scripture. And and, and then why would God give us as our, our main holy book, something that can be so easily misunderstood that can be used as a weapon for those who are being mm. malicious. Um, the, it's just the scriptures. It's, they're they're not clear enough to be a, a guidebook like the the whole point of the scriptures is that the Holy Spirit is behind them that they are the Word of God not because they are clear or 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 have black and white commandments that we can follow word for word, but the the scriptures are, are the Word of God and are, are inerrant because they have the power of the Holy Spirit behind them but 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 even when you read the scriptures there's a certain wrestling, a certain grappling, a certain working through a certain um, analysis like like as you know, know Nathaniel in the fig tree who has to kind of dig deeper that 's one of the things behind the fact that he was searching the word of God, right? I saw you under the fig tree meant that that he, figs are behind fig, these are massive. So you have to move these massive, you have to like search into the interior of the tree to find the figs. There, there's a searching that needs to happen. That's another good word, a wrestling, a searching, a grappling, a, a, you know, a dialogue with God. And it's not gonna be really, really clear. It's never gonna be as clear as our sinful humanity wants. Even though it's the word of God. And the church is full of full of sinful people. And and it's so that's not going to be as clear as we want ever. And so we have to get really good at this analysis, at this grappling, at this wrestling. Um
0: I, and I in think,
1: order to live the Christian life well.
0: I think that in part Jesus gives that to us as a gift because he knows that like there's something in us that loves adventure, that loves the the deeper searching that loves the the seeking out and the grappling and the like you know part of it i think could just very easily be like he knows we'd get bored or we would like yeah. um yeah so i think that that's Well i also think it's reason.
1: just what you said he wants a personal relationship with us he wants and 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 so he created us to have these relationships no one who's married wants their spouse to be boring. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I, I've or just literally tell them
0: what to do all the time. Yeah,
1: right. right. Exactly. It, it, there's an engagement, a human personal engagement with every single person that we find interesting. The people that we want to spend either the rest of our life with, or this we want to be friends, or even good coworkers. There, there's there's some sort of of give and take. There's some sort of wrestling, grappling. There's some sort of intrigue. There's some sort of awe of questioning, and all of these things. Why do we find that so interesting in relationships but we don't want that in God or the church? Um and this is why we also it's so important to bring in where I I just I don't know, where two or three of you guys that are in my name. It's it's such an important scripture verse because it it allows us to to be even more confused. Now it's not only me and Jesus. I need to bring in other another sinful person or two. So that when, if Christ is going to be among us, I'm doing it within community. That just mm-hmm. adds confusion. That, that that adds more trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't it just be me and God, you know? But but when, as soon as I bring that, but Jesus says, if you want me there, you have to do it within community. We're two or three, either in my name. Um, go ahead.
0: Okay. So I, I heard this story recently about, there's this couple who, um, this couple is like, they they give marriage counseling and they do this apparently like they're they're famous for it or whatever and they've been doing it for so many years and um they I don't know how recently but at some point um they were um almost got a divorce <laughs> and um the reason that they ended up I think they ended up going to counseling themselves. I don't know, but um what it came down to was something like um Every time the man came home, he would just like throw something on the floor and just like leave it there and not pick it up and these little things. And he would just constantly do this. Um, and it drove her crazy. And then finally, and, and it leads like this build and build and build and leads to this huge blow up and they almost get a divorce. And then when they're talking it out, it turns out that like when she was being... um raised when she was a little girl her father was an alcoholic and she always knew when she came home from school whether it was going to be a good day or a bad day based on whether or not the house was clean like if dad was drunk the house was destroyed and she knew when she came home that like just to be afraid um and then the husband when he was growing up um, there was something of like, he grew up in a household that was, was super controlling, always had to be pristine. He felt really restricted, really like, um, I don't, I don't remember the whole context for him. Uh, so then when this came out, then the question was like, well, which one of them is Right which one of them is because like, so she would, she, you know, they're both having their wounds ripped open here of like um, he finally has his own house, his own family, his own, like, and he wants that, that freedom, like to be able to leave that thing on the floor is a freedom to him. Um, and to her, it's like, no, I'm going to have all of this, um, like what I was lacking in childhood. And so then the question became like, which one of them is right. And then the answer obviously was like, neither, They both are just coming from different backgrounds and it's just the messiness of two different humans coming together. And that's just like, um, we've talked about that in community life before, right? Because we are seven different women coming from seven different places, seven different families of origin. Like this is even more so than when a couple gets married and has to bring together like two different backgrounds, right? We have seven right now, (laughs) more in the future. And it's just like, there's just the but but what's interesting is that as they realize this the couple like they're learning something about the other right like the mess and sorting through the mess led to a deeper understanding and a more fully knowing the other um if if it's if we allow it to be, that's what mess can be, right as we as we kind of sift through it, we can in the mess in relationship, we can come to more fully know and understand the other person, or in this mess that we're talking about here, like we can come to more fully um, know God.
1: Yes, it reminds me of that of that joke. That I may have told on here before, because I love telling it, but um of the the monks who are fighting over how to do prostrations. You've heard this before. Mm-hmm, and, yeah. and and some are saying, Well, you, you know, you go all the way down. Like you you <laughs> you kneel down and just lay flat on the floor. That's a prostration. And the other monks, no, 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 no. You 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 need to kneel down and then touch your forehead to the ground, you know, but you don't lay flat. And they're they're fighting over this, and you know, it, it gets so tumultuous that the hegumen goes. Oh my gosh! Like, like, we this needs to be answered. Which one is it? Which way do we prostrations? Totally flat, or just knees and forehead on the ground? And so they the, the they go to the hegemon. The hegemon's like, I I don't know what to do with this. You need you need to go to the the superior monastery. You go to the superior monastery. They go. I well, we're having the same issues here. It's like it's like it's getting bloody. There's so much anger <laughs> and, and fighting over this issue about how you prostrations. Um, we we need to have this solved. And so the, finally, the guy goes, okay. There's this guru. He's a hermit up on top of the mountain. You need to go up there. So these, these two monks go up there that have disagreements. They go, why they walk all the way up there and, you know, Holy Father, you know, literally there's two different ways of doing prostrations. Each guy grew up with it differently. They're fighting over this and, and it's coming to blows. The arguments are massive. Like, what do we do? What is the tradition? And the, the hermit just starts crying and goes, that is the tradition. (laughs) And it's Like, like Father this Michael, is it's been like, so
0: long since we've recorded that I'm laughing at your jokes. <laughs>
1: I know this is like the third time this episode. I'm like, I'm like, okay, we're back. I'm back. No, anyway, <laughs> that's so funny. I just I wear you out with my jokes. you <laughs> um, But it's like, but like that 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 is the. This is one of those issues. Like I want to tell pastors. I, I had a I had a young man in my parish call me up the other day and say, "There's a come and see the seminary. Should I go? You know." young man, three kids. And, and I, and, and I, he said, you know, what do you think? And I said, well, you know, I honestly wish that, that, you know, well, if you want to go now, that's fine. But, but, the real tests of of pastoral leadership of being a pastor and a priest, you have not undergone yet because he's he's an amazing dad, he he's an amazing uh, fellow parishioner, um, he he's great at the socials, he's great with his wife, great with his kids, all these things. But but I'm realizing the real at the real heart of being a priest and a pastor is dealing with tension. Like men need to be tested. Like I if, if a man is just running priesthood, I want him to teach a class. And have to answer a bunch of questions. I want him to lead organizations where people are going to disagree. I, w- I want him to, to have to be on this pilgrimage towards holiness and, and be responsible for other souls and be able to deal with the grappling and do it in a way that, is, that you're never going to not have that. I mean, that's funny. I laugh now because um, our outreach in, in Santa Paula is, is some Sundays getting more people than our main parish in Sherman Oaks. And and I'm, you know, I think the reason why that is because when you start a parish from nothing, which is what we're doing up in Santa Paula, when you start it from nothing, you tend to get all like-minded people. (laughs) <laughs> they they all like this style of worship. They like each other. They like the style of preaching. They they like the way the socials go. They're all like minded. So you have this peace, and it grows because you have this peace. But that's not real, <laughs> you know that that's not real life. Um, and and the day will come when when we when people start disagreeing and and you know when whatever happens and they have to make decisions and make sacrifices. Whereas Sherman Oaks has been around for sixty some odd years, so they they there those things have already happened. They will continue to happen. So it it. It's it's harder to, it's less attractive to people that are looking for a peaceful place to come and pray, Mm -hmm. right? It's not going to be a peaceful place to come and pray. I still want to do this. I want to put together a sheet that says here are the requirements to be a parishioner at St. Mary's Proto Cathedral in LA. Like There are requirements to be a parishioner. Those requirements are you have to be willing to be a burden on somebody. You have to be willing to be an inconvenience to somebody. You have to be willing to have people be an inconvenience to you. You have to be willing to be stressed some days and have people get mad at you because you're having a bad day. You also have to be willing to deal with other people when they're having a bad day. You have to be able to deal with people that believe something different than you and maybe you have to Actually, acquiesce to their decision and not be worshiping or praying in exactly the way you want. Like these are the requirements to be a prisoner here. Because if not, it's going to drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, go go find a massive church where you can be a, a drop in the bucket and you can you know have everything done for you, and then go home and complain about everything. Like if, if you want that, go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. but but I mean again i I'm being very harsh here, but I, we welcome everybody, of course but but there there is a this is how real paris life is just that that's that's how real family life is um I do want to read i do want to read this passage, but I just moved past it. Do you have anything to say then I want to read genesis no,
0: please go for it
1: I, want to say, I wanted you to say something oh, real. I
0: can okay. tell a joke
1: go ahead, tell it's a, a joke, very part.
0: short one um, you were reminding me of it with your um that is the tradition one. So I, there is this book that came out that I think was called the um, Modern Practical Guide to the Code of Canon for the Eastern Churches or something like that. Okay. And I was so excited when I saw this come out, and I wanted it like in the depths of my soul. Um, but it was like four hundred dollars, so obviously I did not. That is the weirdest
1: care. thing ever to want.
0: Wow. Okay, something
1: that bad when it comes to canon law
0: I really I really like Canon law. If I got to study Canon law someday, <laughs> I, I would just be that. so thrilled.. Um, like, at one time, Bishop Milan said that, um he thought I should study canon law. And to this day, I don't know whether or not he was joking. But when he said it, my heart fluttered like with excitement., <laughs> it was like, you know,
1: well, this is actually very fitting because people study canon law thinking this to be very black and white, but it's not. I know. Canon law is at the service of the people of God, is at the service of the salvation of souls. So it actually takes a lot of nuance and love.
0: I'm feeling Mother. really accused right now. <laughs> okay, can I tell the thing? Please. Okay, <laughs> so um, I got so excited about this and I told the other nuns about it and I was like, this this, this modern practical, or maybe it was like the new practical um, commentary on the code of canon for the Eastern law and churches or something like that. And, um, and one of the nuns just goes, um, we Byzantines put out something new, and then Mother Cecilia goes, <laughs> "We put out something practical," and it was just like, um, and they totally missed the excitement about the book. But whatever,
1: it's funny. All right, so th- this is this is obviously when most when most people hear, okay. We need to grapple, wrestle with these things. They think of, of Jacob, right? Jacob wrestling with God. So I'm going to read. I'm going to read uh, Genesis 32:22, um, and I, th- there, there's there's something here about Jesus. Of course, it's Genesis, um, but but there's something here about Jesus that I think is is part of the. This is a type of foreshadowing of why Jesus is someone. Uh, he's a person that we engage with like we do other people. And therefore, it's always going to be a bit confusing, messy, and involve daily nuance that we have to approach anew whenever we pray. So this is Genesis thirty-two twenty-two, And I'm going to read two paragraphs, so bear with me here. And he arose that night and took his two wives, his two maidservants and his 11 sons, and crossed over the ford of Jabbok, He took them and crossed over the brook and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was dislocated as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have prevailed with God and with men. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why do you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of that place the form of God. For I saw God face to face, and my soul was saved. When the form of God passed by, the sun rose on him, but he limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle of that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle that shrank. So this is this is Septuagint translation, so it might be a little bit odd hearing this. Um, this is the Orthodox Study Bible. Um, I'm but, really but, glad you're
0: talking about this passage, because every time I, I read that passage, I'm like, this is the weirdest it's so weird.
1: It is. It is. And and it kinda of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Um but, and then but goes back interp- into
0: nowhere. Like it just is so yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly. It's kind of like Melchizedek. <laughs> it kind of is in there somewhere and then all of a sudden it's gone. Um but but one of the interpretations of this, I think Athanasius, Hilary Poitiers, like that they have interpreted this as saying um that, that The, this angel, this man, this, the, is, is the son of God. It's Jesus Christ. And, and Jacob actually bests him. Jacob beats him in this wrestling. And what that does is that manifests, um, the, the weakness that Jesus chose to have when he became a man. So God, God chose to be weak Hmm. um, because of our sin that His power may be made perfect. And it's the weakness of the cross. You know, it's obviously not real weakness, but it's a weakness that He chose that He underwent in His suffering and His passion. So um, when when Jacob wrestles with, I'm just going to say wrestles with God because they say an angel, a man, whatever. It's it's the the fathers read this as it is Jesus who is who is bested by Jacob, um, but leaves him with this limp. And the, and there's this fight over over the blessing, um, but Jacob wins because Jacob is also a type of the Son of Man who who then prevails, um, but but also has this this weak this limp and and many would say that 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 is what the church is the church as it as it wrestles with God in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. There's a confusion over is Jacob the 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 type of the Son of God or is the man, the angel, the mm-hmm. type of the son of God. One, one was bested, um, but also blessed and in a sense left the other with a limp and is called God. And the other one was victorious, namely Jacob, but also walked away with a limp. The, 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 it's not clear. And it's not, it's almost like the two um, serpents on a bishop's mitre. Generally, many would say that, not on the miter, on the staff, mm-hmm. the two serpents on the top of the bishop's staff that are kind of facing each other. Many would say that that's just a, a, a sign of the wisdom and the guidance a bishop needs to have. Namely, there there's two serpents. One is the like the good serpent in Moses that, that, that healed from the other serpents. The bronze um, serpent. Exactly, the, the, the bronze serpent, and then there's a the deadly serpent. So these two serpents a bishop has to give with wisdom. I know I've mentioned that before. but 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 here there's a the the There's a confusion between when is weakness good and when is strength good, and the church in a sense is israel um and Israel means God prevails so jacob is is the the victor in a sense, but he's limping. Because he got this Charlie horse in in his hip socket, um, but it's also the prevailing. Mm-hmm. So God prevails, and yet God is also weak, and and all of this provides this foundation for our confusion about our relationship with Christ and our relationship with others and how the church leads <means throat> and all of this. And it's it's what you said, Mother. It's it's actually really, really beautiful. Sorry, LA is happening behind me. Um, it, it's it's really. Beautiful in the fact that God invites us into this adventure. And in the end we wouldn't have it any other way except that the devil's involved. But then there there's something about this adventure, this confusion that in the moment it, it seems like it's just suffering. We ask God, why can't you make things different? Hmm. But 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 there, there really is something with this engagement that makes a life of faith worth it and makes it makes it holy, makes it transcendent, makes it leading to salvation.
0: Hmm um yeah it it's it doesn't surprise me. I almost said this, but then I was scared too um, but then you ended up saying the father said it uh, it doesn't surprise me that the interpretation of this being the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity because that that is usually the case when, when we see a physical manifestation of God in the old Testament, mm-hmm. we typically attribute it to the second person of the Trinity, right? Like, like the, yeah. um, the burning bush or um, the angels in the fire, um, the angel mm-hmm. in the fire with the three holy ewes and so on and so forth. So.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of the son of God who who is in heaven. We will, as we pray for a blessed repose, we'll have rest, eternal rest in heaven. We'll have rest from this confusion. Um, but now we are on a pilgrimage, we're on an adventure. And I think if we expect anything other than a daily wrestling with God, um, we don't understand the 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 real he- engagement that God wants to have with us every single day and how that can be so messy, but it makes us stronger mm. in the process.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. Thanks. I really like that topic.
1: Sure so we we need to move on to the next thing so we'll a bit of a shorter podcast today but um,
0: we and, actually uh, did it this time
1: that's I I'm shouldn't I
0: shouldn't clock. speak too soon what
1: that's because I'm keeping an eye on the clock so just to make sure we finish up my prayer intentions um, so uh, one of my friends got made a bishop yesterday uh, <laughs> Father Francis <laughs> Father Francis Barretti. Father
0: Francois
1: um, sorry Father Francois it's just a fancy way of saying Francis um Father Francois Beirutti. and um, anyway, pray for his ministry. Pray for those who, and and also pray for his successor, uh, Father Oliver Black. Like, can you imagine being a newly ordained priest and oh, to follow Father Oliver? Yeah, so we now he's love my neighbor. Him. Now he's my neighbor down there. So, anyway, oh, down in Orange give County, give
0: him our regards when you see him, please.
1: I will, I will. So pray, pray for Father Oliver as well, and and pray that we get a bishop. I, I've been, I begged all day yesterday. I'm begging you guys. Um, pray that that we get a, a good, holy, wise, prudent bishop, because the, the, a good bishop has to guide us in this confusing world of the church, and it's it's such a responsibility mm. for him. Um, and we we priests have been looking, we've been of the Eparchy of Phoenix, waiting for a long time, and and it really is something that um, that is a gift from God if it's good, and yet the devil's attacking everything. So play, pray that we all and our new bishop does handle all this well when we find out who that is. <laughs>
0: Um, Okay, my prayer intention, I hope we don't have to edit this out because I didn't actually ask their permission, but um, I'll ask you to pray for Talca and Nathaniel, her fiance. Um, They're getting married at the end of December, so um, they're in their last couple of months preparing for marriage, so yeah, please pray for them. Um, A lot of our listeners will know Talca because she's been on a few episodes and yeah.
1: So Amen. That reminds me, please do pray for the soul of Jim Martini's dad who died oh, two nights ago okay. in his sleep. Seems like it was very peaceful, but um Jim Martini's a, a great friend and parishioner here. Um pray for his father. Michael is the name. Okay. All right. Uh um, uh, we are on Apple Podcasts, of course, as kind of our main platform. Um, we're also on every other platform. We are also on YouTube audio only. We have an email that is what godisnot at gmail.com. com. is What god is, not web... podcast, at what god is not podcast at gmail.com. Our our website is whatgodisnot.com. We have a nonprofit called Fotina, fotina.org. And, um, it's, uh, we, we really want to do a lot with evangelization. I have a question for you about this, actually, mother. Uh, we want to do a lot with evangelization and everything else and mother's the president. So she rolls her eyes because I, <laughs> I give her all kinds of grief and, and, and it's hard being president. It's hard being the boss, um, um especially when you're trying to lead me, um, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, so Fotina.org, if you want to support us, um, also we have a Patreon for this podcast. Just go to Patreon, look up what God is not. You can support us monthly. Um, the various things we're doing for the poor and for the podcast and for the church. And, uh, we are on social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. I'm on Twitter at Potter Michael O. Um, we have a Goodreads page, um, that is shows what we're reading. We like seeing what you're reading as uh, so we keep up with this intellectual life. And I think that is everything.
0: I think so too. So it's uh it's been good to be with you. It is is the first time in a long time and
1: you as well. Yeah.
0: Um okay. Well. Uh I love you. Love you listeners. And
1: Father. Love you too, Mother. Love y'all.
0: Father, can you give us a blessing?
1: Of course. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you or mercy on you. May He give you His peace. May He give you zeal. For this adventure, this pilgrimage that is the Christian life, may he give you great hope that at the end of this struggle, of this wrestling, of this grappling, you will find rest. May you be open to everything our Lord is giving you, the strength, the courage, but also the weakness that he offers, that his power may be made perfect. May you lean into that weakness. May you be granted humility and hope in that weakness that is good and beautiful, that can seem so frustrating sometimes but that's also part of the grappling may our lord give you his guidance his consolation his presence in everything and may you wisely pursue this path and have perseverance and endurance in the struggles and the various crosses that our lord gives you may our lord bless you in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen amen